What's up, guys? Welcome back. This is another plebcast. I really love these conversations. Usually they come about when someone DMs me on Twitter. Um, you know, they've enjoyed a certain uh, topic or theme that we've dug into on the podcast before, and they basically just want to have a chat. Um, sometimes they get recorded and they don't get published. Other times, if I think the conversation is interesting and there's not too much personal information shared, then uh, I ask the, the guest if they'd like to, or if they're open to having it published publicly. And so this was one of those times. Tiago is a senior motion designer. He hit me up on Twitter. He said, I think we'll have a lot of stuff uh, of mutual interest to talk about. And so we put it together. Before we break into the show, I wanna thank the three sponsors of this show. CoinKite is the first. Go to coinkite.com to check out all their awesome gear. They are the makers of the cold card hardware wallet, the gold standard in Bitcoin hardware wallet custody solutions. They've got a lot of other fun stuff at the store for interacting with Bitcoin more securely. Next up is Bull Bitcoin. If you're buying Bitcoin in Canada, go to bullbitcoin.com. They're a non-custodial exchange. As soon as you buy it, it goes right to your custody. It's the best way to buy Bitcoin. And if you're looking for a bit of support on how to set up that self-custody, go to bitcoinsupport.com, run by the same guys. They'll hold your hand to make sure you're getting everything set up properly. And finally, the Bitcoin 2022 conference on Miami Beach, April 6th to the 9th. It's a celebration of Bitcoin and Bitcoin culture, the biggest ever, expecting 30,000 plus people. It's going to be wild. Jordan Peterson was just announced as a headline speaker. So many other great aspects of the event, the Sound Money Festival happening at the end of it all. It's just going to be an awesome time. Ticket prices go up on March 18th, so get your tickets soon and use the code RAPIDFIRE to get 10% off. Yeah, but I can certainly appreciate that, man. The limited travel I've done during the whole circus. It's just, it's such a fucking pain in the ass, you know, like the testing and the mask wearing and all that jazz. I mean, it's hopefully it's soon coming to an end. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some other bullshit that takes its place. It seems to be the case, but we might get a short <laughs> It's underway. <laughs> it's already underway, isn't it? Like, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I read uh, breaking news today that, uh, uh, Putin uh, found the cure for a coronavirus, right? It's, Invasion. It's, it's, it's essentially uh, gone, besides a few uh, countries still uh, lingering behind, like New Zealand and places like that, where I just saw some footage of... I mean, also on Twitter, you got to be careful, like, taking in all this information, because there's so much... Yeah. The amount of fake news going left and right right now, it's so crazy. You have well, that, to I mean, really keep, you yeah, have, I mean, your filter would, needs to be always like, uh, or just abstain, you know, that that's increasingly my position. Like, why do I even need to know about all of that shit? Like, <laughs> I, I, I know that the, the solution that I think is the biggest like force multiplier for good in the world is Bitcoin, right? All right. So focus on learning about Bitcoin, contributing, like doing all that stuff. And otherwise, like, and I've always been someone who wants to have a, I mean, we all kind of want to have a grasp on the world, right? That's why that like people watch the news in general, but it's so, it's so difficult. I mean, it, there's such an abundance of bullshit. And to the extent that there's any, <laughs> any like truthful nuggets nestled within there, I mean, is it even worth the time to parse it, to find those things? So like get yourself sorted in a, in a, in a, like a lifestyle or a little bubble that you don't need to have to worry about at all. And, you know, do all the prepping and planning we always talk about and just let clown world be clown world and, and focus on building, <laughs> you know, the truth. Well, world. I, I guess, I mean, I, 
uh, from all the cases I know and I see around me, I'm definitely one of the cases that accepts uh, war and all these things and uh, unfairness being part of the game. So it's not like I'm... Uh, also, it's not like I've been on top of these things all the time. This is literally through Bitcoin that I became interested in knowing the dynamics of how these things uh, operate. Mm. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't care what left and right that was pre-Bitcoin. I couldn't care what net worth is pre-Bitcoin. I couldn't care what a budget is pre-Bitcoin. I, I spend my salary, all of it. That was it. On what I want, that was it. And then this is a classic Bitcoin story, right? It's just yeah, like sure. then Bitcoin comes in. <laughs> this is then Bitcoin comes in and literally puts a tamper on all these things, like the spending, uh, and like uh, makes you be smarter about how you operate your economic side, and and then expands throughout. But then obviously, uh, Bitcoin interests me, or the the, the branches of Bitcoin. Uh, the ramifications go so far that I feel like um, I somehow need to have a, uh, the finger on the pulse of all these branches, right? I'm still trying to, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out where Bitcoin sits in all of it. So uh, it's not some of these things I would rather not be on top of. I mean, pre-Circus 19, I, I stopped all types of social media. I've I had closed Instagram, Facebook. I was sick of all this stuff. And then Circus 19 came up and I decided to get on Twitter uh, and start following and uh, trying to find the truth about this because it all seemed fishy to me. And I'm still there. I mean, I'm still there for the Bitcoiners. I came for the narrative and I stayed for the Bitcoiners mostly. I, I only go there to just uh, check on Bitcoiners, know about Bitcoin, the branching of Bitcoin. But um yeah, I try to, I try to understand just the surface of what's going on in the world. I try not to get too deep because all these, <laughs> these fractals are too hard to control. <laughs> it's not, it's so crazy. Like, uh, it's it's too hard to wrap your head around. I mean, it's easy to just follow the social media, sorry, the mainstream media narrative, which is literally what everyone's doing. You just just, <laughs> you just go in there. And now Putin is Hitler, and uh, you know, it's just it's just the. <laughs> This is just how it's being put out there. Let's find a way to put people on the uh, emotionally invested in this uh, and find a way to provoke further this war and get the US to get involved. It's just like, they try to, I had a conversation with my mom today. She was so invested in this and I was like, oh my God. It's like, <laughs> she was already on that, Putin is Hitler. I don't want war, but he's Hitler and he's a Nazi. And I'm like, you're not going to stop war by going around claiming that Putin <laughs> is the next, the second coming of Hitler, right? Yeah. So it's very, it's very tricky to manage people's emotions right now. But uh, I say, I, I, I try to stay objective. I, I understand. I see us for what I think we are. We are still animals, uh, primarily. We are just going around we are going to kill each other the environment changes uh where it, when it's effective to kill we kill when it's not we cooperate I, I this is how i see things which might go might bring you to discuss some of the things you talk on other podcasts about uh, objective truths and, and things like this but i i just 
can't see us other than animals for the most part it's how i it's i i'm just i just i just see it like this i can't uh, if if it's efficient to manipulate and to destroy something else to move in the direction you see fit we do it and if the environment changes we don't and if it changes again we do it again and just just we keep on going i can't envision a world where uh, there's no war and everyone's great and, and naked looking at the sunset i don't know this is i can't yeah. figure it well i mean there's a couple of things on that one to your point about just how clownish everything is uh i think that's why <laughs> interacting with bitcoiners and and the bitcoin space is so compelling right because it's it's, it's i mean in my opinion we're it, it, it's not like a forever counterculture we're literally Right now, it seems like a counterculture, but if, if, if money truly is the base layer of civilization, and if Bitcoin truly is a dramatically upgraded form of money, then Bitcoin will become the future base layer of civilization. And the first people to be drawn into it are the first to be kind of impacted and molded by the characteristics of that base layer. And that's what we are, in my opinion. And so we're not, this is not like a fun little game on the side. It's, it's a growing phenomenon that one day will become you know, the dominant culture. And I think that's a good thing. And what one, you know, one of the reasons why it's so compelling right now is because we're all just here figuring out like what it's going to be about, what, are, what, what, what kind of perspective is arising and emerging and coalescing and like, how do we treat news and how, we, how do we treat politics and philosophy and religion? Like what, what kind of uh, thinking is emerging around all this? And, you know, obviously one of the initial responses is is to characterize clown world as clown world to know that you can't trust so many different aspects of it whether it be the media or politics or or whatever like the institutions are rotten in many cases to the core they you know because they've been subject to and and influenced by perverse incentives for so long there's there's almost nothing like there's so little redeeming so few redeeming qualities about so many of them not to say like there's premises there that are may potentially be useful and can carry it over, but so much of it has to be rebuilt, right? On a more more solid, more truthful foundation. And that's what we're trying to do with Bitcoin. And, but in the meantime, we just kind of have to watch this <laughs> decrepit system, like eat itself basically. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's not pleasurable, which is why we try to get our kicks and like raise each other's spirits, you know, in, in, in various ways, because, it's so real, right? Like it's real lives and it's real people and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, and this is the emotional situation that we're in and which is why like a part of our own transformation in this process is, is not just like, we're not gonna be the same people on the other side of whatever process is taking place. We're gonna to have to become more emotionally intelligent, more mature and all these things to, to navigate these very tumultuous circumstances and transition that we're most likely going to be a part of. So, you know, it's very much in that sense, like, um, you know, call it a, a hero's journey, an alchemical process, whatever, whereby, you know, the, the person who came for NGU is not going to be the person who's still around for, you know, whatever emerges off the back of, of this new monetary standard. So, but, to, you know, I mean, to the other point you were making about, you know, humans are just animals. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I I'd know. like, I'd I, I like know. to hear you I put know. more on that. You know, I, I heard it. I heard I was listening to one of Rob's and Jason's uh, discussions <laughs> recently, and Jason put it in very simplistic terms and said, basically, 
you know, if I put a stake or a bar of gold or something desirable in between you and I, who owns it? And, you know, and then he was like, well, Rob is bigger and ostensibly more powerful than Jason. So you own it. Okay. Well, what if I have a gun? Well, then I own it. Okay. What if you have an army? Okay. You own it. And it's like, even this doesn't have to be explicitly (laughs) asserted, right? It's, it's almost like it's assumed based on the, the changes in the dynamic of power about what of the, who owns, who has the strongest claim on the thing of value that both parties desire? Well, the answer is always, ultimately, when push comes to shove and push often comes to shove, the answer is who has the greater power? And, you know, how do we, how has that circumstance evolved and how is it different in the domain of human beings than it is of animals? Like one of the ways I, I, you know, you mentioned the, objective value in the kind of religious domain, I certainly think that's part of a response to that circumstance is saying like, how do we minimize the degree to which power is the only thing that determines access to value or access to meaning or access to resources, let's say. And, you know, you might come back and say, well, religion has been very violent in many cases around the world. And, but the rebuttal could be, well, yeah, but maybe it would have been more violent without it. I mean, this is a terrible this is a challenging <laughs> argument because you can just go back and forth forever with these assumptions. But, you know, what, what's your take on this? How, how, do, how do we well, not devolve into our more animalistic nature forever and ever? Well, you're putting me on the spot because I, I, I seemingly, <laughs> for, for whatever angle I look at it, I, it just seems that everything makes more sense. If you're trying to, you're trying to, you're trying to, have me like uh, somewhat uh, find an angle for which I come to a solution to what I think is the way I found is the true, the the way I see reality, which is we are not much different than animals. We, (laughs) the environment changes and we change with it. Uh, And I don't see an environment where everyone is in accordance to each other. There is no middle ground. And if there is no middle ground, and I accept by default, uh, but do you agree that we are corrupt by default? Like corrupt in terms of like we're in, th- in terms of, well, the idea that we want something for nothing by default. I guess it would be more specific to say we want things and we want to gain them with as little sacrifice as possible. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. wanting things yeah, yeah. for nothing is like the all the way to the end of that sort of desire. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, because if in the same breath, I can say that everyone is born clean, which I even said today in a conversation, everyone is born uh, good. Like, uh, but at the same, in the same breath, I can say that we are corrupt by default. So this is a, a problem I have to fix, right? right. <laughs> but this is, this is like very much along the lines of like religious framing in the past, right? Which is why, like, you know, if, if everyone's kind of corrupt by default and they were redeemed, their sins are redeemed through something like, you know, uh, Christ or, you know, whatever religious figure in different traditions. I mean, right. that could be another see... one of the roles of those, those systems of thought. I mean, I think you, you, uh, what people, um, people eventually like hold on to things that seem to be static and locked up in place bitcoin reminds me of that 
the Dao, uh, Taoism reminds me of that. Those are two things that uh, changed me uh, com- quite a bit over the past few years. Things that are in place and that regardless of anything that's spinning around it and damaging and the destruction and rebuilding all over it, they remain the same in the middle. So, so I think in the same breath that I say everyone is corrupt by default, um, that same fact which I think to be a fact, leads for people to chase these things that are locked in place in time that we all can trust and they are unchangeable. I think uh, truth is, I guess, the definitions of this thing can vary quite a bit, but um, I think truth is something that can't be changed, essentially. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's a reasonable <laughs> definition, right? I, I think like, and I mean, there's many like scales of truth, let's say, right? Like, but the, the grander truths, maybe we, part of the definition, if you can even nail one down, is like, it's it's the thing that doesn't change. It's the thing around which you must conform or cohere rather than it exactly. to you, something like that. Yeah, so that's the attraction with Bitcoin is that everyone feels like there's something in the center, faceless, somehow, I literally just uh, was just listening to Nick Batia just before we started speaking, and he said we need to find a way for Bitcoin to be seen more of a, of something that grows from the natural rather than human. It comes it comes from it's something that's more natural because it comes from it, it's electricity. You can do all these things. Um, but what's so, so unnatural about humans? As, as natural as it gets, I, isn't it? I, well, it's. The, I guess that goes to the same point as people, for instance, like me, that felt at some point that they were unhinged and they need something to be put in front of them that has them lock onto what mm-hmm. some people would call a god, for instance. Mm-hmm. And in my case, I couldn't stand. I was raised uh, with Christianity around me, but I couldn't stand. Uh, the perspective of it, uh, essentially because it had a face, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, later on came, I heard of a friend of mine that reads like like Asian philosophy and and things like this. And I told him like, hey, can you give me one of those books of yours? (laughs) One of those Asian books of yours? And he gave me the uh, Tao Te Ching. Uh, And that was completely different. I got mm. locked onto it. There was no face. And the same goes for narratives. COVID, uh, for most people, does not have a face. It's something, a natural thing. No, mm. Most people don't put uh, Fauci as the COVID, right? Uh, but then comes this Russia thing. Now there's a face. There's some people that don't uh, want a face behind the things they want to uh guide themselves by uh and so i guess that's where seeing bitcoin as a something natural rather than a man created this thing uh it's being man-made i think that's where the um i think that has a a pull on some people for the same reason i think you make a good point in that anytime the trick is determining how, how true is the thing, is the, is the truth that you're 
because like truth has this effect, as we were saying, like if it really is this unchanging thing, this that you, that cannot be negotiated with, it is itself, right? It has that kind of grounding effect on people. Like, as you said, it's kind of like that totem or that, that kind of certainty that you can ground yourself with. And we want that because, you know, a perspective without grounding is just this amorphous like thing floating around that doesn't, there maybe is no perspective. Like you need to have a, a central point around which you can develop a perspective and a lot. And I think that's been the, the purpose or the use of, of quote unquote truths, assumed truths, let's say, is that they help us orient ourselves in the world. They help us determine the relevance of information. And then we take that information because, and then we act upon it and it, it, it inspires action within us. You know, and as you were saying all that, I, these, we bring up these things like COVID and like Putin and like, you know, what Bitcoin even. And it's, it seems far more the case to me that it's much less those things are fill in the blank, some static absolute thing, but they are, they become repositories for what the meaning we ascribe to them. Now there's like, obviously an interplay, it's, it's a two-way street. They, they instill meaning in us and they conjure up responses and, and reactions, but we also, through our attempts to understand what they are ascribe meaning to them and you know of course all the more uh enthusiastically when you know the mainstream media barrage and the political barrage and all this kind of stuff enforces the the initial reaction we might have or in many cases even seeds and 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 completely uh co-ops that process but it's still the case like what are you going to ascribe the, the greatest degree of meaning to? What are you going to allow to dictate your responses and your reactions and all that kind of stuff? And, and this is where I've been exploring the, the utility or, or the power of the things that are the greatest truths. And again, like I know that's super hard to, <laughs> nail, to, to nail down, but like if you think like some of the most, some of the greatest, well, that truth is one of the highest values and maybe freedom is another one of the highest values and maybe love is another one. And maybe, and maybe what Bitcoin represents is in its certain domain, one of the highest values. I feel like it's almost like the veracity or validity of those things can be determined by how you're using them as a primary value orients you in the world. And if it, if it does a good job at that, then maybe there, that speaks to the validity of the value or principle. And if it doesn't, then maybe it speaks to the error in ascribing too much truthfulness or meaning to that thing. And, you know, I, I, to go back to the initial comment, like I think we're awash in the world today of people you like uh, holding as true or elevating certain values and principles uh, that are not very valid for orienting them most properly in the world and for delivering a clear perception by which to determine relevance and as a result act upon that determination. So, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you, yeah, I think you always go back to the people seem to have lost um people are so surrounded by everything that's going on right now it seems like a vast i can see a bell curve on all these types of people reacting to events you can put a a, a group on the left a very small group that immediately joins the fest a group in the middle the majority that sways given enough information they can hop to the other side and then the group at the very right which kind of be uh, Bitcoiners and stuff like this, like constantly like uh, questioning every narrative and like bef 
uh, avoiding any type of knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> but ultimately, uh, it feels like most people has lost um, faith in humanity, actually. <laughs> That's what it feels. <laughs> Overall, like, it really feels like that. I mean, I know people crying 24-7. They are not Ukrainians. They don't know Ukrainians, but they are crying 24-7 for the Ukrainians, but they were not crying for Iran. They were not crying for uh, Yemen. So, you know, it's uh, it's very, it's an identification game. Whoever is closer to you or looks more like you, you grieve more. It's it's just mm. a, a gradient. Uh, uh, so people have lost faith. Uh, uh, and uh, I also, I mean, on my side, like I, I don't, I, I see Bitcoin how I see it. I see it as the anchor I told you, but I don't go around like um, I orange. I, I, I this goes into orange peeling. I orange peel people very um, mildly today. I feel like I orange peel who wants to be orange peeled. I can't. I can't. Um, but when you do orange peel someone that that wants to be orange peeled you get a reward from it because they really latch on to it right mm. it, it, it next day they are buying they are reading they are buying the books they are buying the notes they are just running with it because they have that that thing that you've seen me a million times probably right it's mm -hmm. crazy it's one of the best feelings you can get uh but 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 the others uh the others i i have to um let them go. I feel, I, I, I'm not sure. I feel like it's a moral uh, uh, duty to be per se waking up people to my values, expecting my values to be their values. I, I don't know if it works like that. I don't know if, um, I don't know if because I see Bitcoin in such way, uh, for some people, it's ridiculous to even hear the word that in a sentence that Bitcoin could, you know, like it's just... <laughs> You tell some people like, oh, Bitcoin's going to anchor you and just uh, <laughs> you're going to find this community of people that are, you know, all shredded, you know, and they're all like smart <laughs> and into history and everyone's eating well and shit. And now <laughs> and you, you have the opportunity to join like this. This shit sounds ridiculous. Right. Uh, but uh, but but it's the pattern. It's definitely a pattern you see. I'm not. I'm not claiming this. This is obviously a generalization, but it's a pattern. You can see this thing. People. Uh, getting into Bitcoin and reorienting themselves. But I don't, I'm not sure it's a moral duty for me to be chasing people uh, uh, to give them this truth because uh, you could probably say like, well, but this could be a, um, an objective truth, but mm. I, I, I don't think it's it not, is. It's, for, it's, not for, it's not for me to. <laughs> I, I don't think it but, is because, you know, as much as I feel the compulsion too, to like, you know, preach the good word, as it were. Uh, I, I think it's a mistake to presume the validity of your own values and principles. Let them, if they are so valid, let them orient your life properly. Let them lead to success and happiness and joy and grace in your life. And let that be the thing that pitches yeah. or sells other people. But as soon as you cross over into the realm of presuming that the things that orient you are better than the things that orient someone else, even though like for me, I'm, I'm obviously making that judgment because I'm integrating them. But, you know, I think part of the problem that, and part of the reason why certain systems of faith have been dismissed uh, or derided in recent years is because of that presumption, you know, in, in, in where we want to, uh, 
I think we want to act as though everyone has the, the right and the capacity to determine for themselves the best principles and values to orient their, their perspective and their lives by. I think it, it's a, a step too far to presume the greater validity of mine over yours and therefore make such recommendations. Like you can have conversations, you can talk about philosophy, you can, you can make a case for the validity of your values, but like the, it's a fine line between making the case and uh, assuming, uh, yeah. the, assuming the, the, a greater validity of yours than someone else's and imposing them on them like that. I mean, we, history is so fraught with things being imposed on others, whether it's, you know, force or political bullshit or vaccine mandates or beliefs. And I think we want to try to get away from that. You know, we, what is sovereignty other than the, the right and capacity of every individual to determine for themselves what's best for themselves in the realm of like fundamental perspective orientation in the realm of health, in the realm of, you know, preferences of various kinds. So, but so that, that's kind of my perspective on that. But I do want to ask you because, you know, you said that it seems to you like we're inherently corrupt. And then, you know, you were, you were also talking about how it seems like um, a lot of people have kind of lost a, a faith or a connection to humanity. I mean, how, and there's two things I want to dig into there. And maybe we'll go to the second one first. But like, if you have that kind of perspective, how do you do you maintain a what do you mean by a faith in humanity? Actually, let's start with that. And given a perspective on the inherent corruption of people, how do you maintain whatever that faith might be? Well, look, I, I use my uh, my very good mother as a proxy to everything I am not. <laughs> She's very uh, emotionally driven. And so uh, I, I, uh, I, I would have to imagine most of the world uh, that follow these narratives emotionally are just she's a, a my close-up mirror of uh, that and she said um she said today which obviously she corrected later to <laughs> to to she said she's she, and she's a christian by the way and she said i told her look no one is born um a bad person <laughs> as much as you don't want to believe it, Putin was once a baby and uh, he was a very nice baby, probably. <laughs> it was just uh, free of all these uh, ideas and uh, conditioning and layers that was put on the guy like men, like, uh, like, like we have. We have layers of conditioning. We are, most of us lose perspective to the center of the onion. Um, and uh, most of us, or some of us, I would say a, a, minor, a minority, decide to at some point unpeel those layers, and that process is what's the most interesting shit you can ever get into. <laughs> and you yep. have to make the real questions, and you have to give yourself the real answers. And when you do that shit, uh, magic shit happens, uh, and makes this whole thing more interesting. And uh, you start to let go of the unnecessary. Um, so that said. My mom said as a Christian that uh, she questions today that uh, people are born uh, all uh, clean. <laughs> she said uh, this is making her believe that uh, some people are, are born evil by default. Mm. Right. And when I hear this, <laughs> what does this tell me? Right. 
<laughs> this army some uh, a group of people uh, which i believe to be the majority i i, I see my my mother as the a reflex of the majority she uh, they lost uh, complete hope in and trust in the other uh, when you do that uh I don't know where it leads, but I, I think we're finding out real quick. <laughs> and so, you know, I tried in the case of people that are close to me like that, I, 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 I present them with things such as Bitcoin and, you know, things like this, that they, it, it might, uh, they might hold on to if they want. Um, I don't insist, but, um, but how do you solve this? Um, uh, one well, thing I before convinced... before, you, before we talk about solving it, I just want to clarify. So, are you saying that the hallmark of the characterization of having lost faith, which in this case you're using your mother as an example, is the belief that a certain portion of humanity are born evil, let's say, or are are, are fated to be? evil actors in the world is that what you mean by losing faith in humanity well, well if, if if you start i never questioned this so we are rolling big time here yeah. so we that's <laughs> what we yeah, do if, baby <laughs> if, if, if i've never i've never i've never had a, a, anyone a question whether you are born like already evil right so that was a big like wait a second are you really like <laughs> telling me this um the moment people start uh thinking like that which i would assume she's not the first one and not going to be the last one uh we all start uh we start losing trust in each other by default as well and we start untying uh, any type of uh meaningful connections that we have and then you have to start again i guess that's that would be extreme peak individualism <laughs> uh Maybe, uh, see, like, but I'm, I have a hard time connecting this because um, it's very, it, it's, it's very heated right now. And uh, this is, um, I, I don't know, you. I don't know if that, yeah. Let me ask you this. What is, how do you differentiate? What do you think the differences are between uh, an opinion of uh, like uh, seeing things in that way where, um, a portion of, of humanity is just by default evil and having to construct a worldview on those terms. And what you said earlier regarding the inherent corruption of human beings as, as animals, right? our corruption or corruptibility, what do, you, what do you think, if any, is the distinction between seeing the other as inherently evil and seeing all of us as inherently corrupt? That's interesting. Well, I think uh, I think uh, being evil doesn't um, wouldn't necessarily mean well. But being corrupt just means that um, you are trying to win the game. I don't know, like I don't know where the where evil uh, would fit in that. Um, I think that would be a <laughs> some sort of a gradient of how far are you willing to take yourself to win the game. <laughs> Well, that, I, th that, I think right. my opinion on that would be corrupt is not necessarily just trying to win the game. I, I and this may just be a difference, a semantic difference of definition but, or, or opinion. But yeah, I yeah, would yeah. say no. winning the game w with, let's say, 
unfair, dishonest, fill in the blank methods would be more characterized as, as corrupt. But th this does bring up an interesting question. And it's one I wanted to dig into with you since you mentioned it. Like what is, I guess this is, this is what we're doing now is like, what is corruption, right? So like, you know, we, we, we talk about often and it's in religious context or, or otherwise where you kind of need the duality in order for the range and spectrum of behavior to even take place, to even be judged. Right. So that we're to, to have any sense of free will, perhaps we need the, you know, those opposites. Right. So that we can make the choices. Otherwise, we're just some sort of robotic automata or something like that. And so in the animalistic, you know, in, in our meat vehicles that we go around with, where resources, scarce resources are what we need to survive. And by virtue of their being scarce, it means we have to compete with others for them on what terms do we engage that competition optimally, right? So that we could, we could step back and say, I'm engaging in the competition of survival or even, you know, thriving uh, without necessarily attributing the moniker of evil, corruption, malice, et cetera. Like you're engaging, what is engaging the game of life on proper <laughs> fair terms, right? <laughs> I don't know. Look, I try to I try to always start from the from, from the bottom up as much as I can. It's it's a very so that would be somewhat uh, reasoning from first principles in in a way. However hard it might be, but uh, sometimes. But I look at my daughter. She's two and a half years old. She's already stealing, right? She's already stealing from the other kids. So. Uh, if my daughter is already stealing from the other kids at two and a half years old and I have to guide her through the journey of not doing that, right? Mm. Some people are not guided through the journey of not doing that. So I don't know how far back you can trace this, these events. How, how can you, you know, chain them back to as a fractal to the very mm. beginning of an interaction and scale it up? But one person will always, by default, take something that is not theirs. From that, it scales and it fractals up. And but it's not fair. It's not fair. It's probably not fair at her fractal and it's not fair at the biggest fractal but uh considering going back to thinking that this is all just animals uh, interacting with the environment i by default accept that uh, this is just not fair none of this is fair and it's all um pretty much a a momentum of luck mixed into a lot of this uh but it's <laughs> it's a rough it's a rough ride to to uh <laughs> to trace uh, where it comes from and where it goes and uh, the level of uh, at what point is it corrupted? At what point uh, me and you going back and forth, taking what is each other's uh, fair or corrupt. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a complicated one to. Sure. <laughs> you know, the, this converse, a conversation like this kind of, speaks to the point we were making you know a few minutes ago where <laughs> you need how much does that anchoring truth reveal to you the meaning of certain concepts you know so because as as you're thinking here i'm or as you're speaking rather 
I'm thinking, okay, like, well, what does corrupt actually mean? And then you say, well, it, it's just unfair. We have to kind of accept that it's all unfair. I'm thinking, well, what does unfair mean? What's unfair about it? You know, if, if you believe that all that's happening is uh, the exchange of resources between those more capable of efficiently using them to grow and amplify their existence vis-a-vis -vis another, is that unfair or is that a form of order that I can appreciate for its ultimate um, ability to generate greater complexity in the world, for example, or to help, help elevate or help uh, foster greater order in, in, the, in the natural world and the universe, et cetera. So like, if that is my perspective, then none of it seems unfair at all. It seems almost religious, right? Like this is the order of things and, and what, what's the best way to engage the order of things and, and to what extent do we wanna diverge from the order of things to try to impose our own will and what we think is right and true and good, like we were saying before as well, you know? so. Yeah, this you use the word ex exchange. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> because you use the word exchange when I'm. You you're using the word exchange every time, right? So you're you're trying to put a balance on things because if you exchange, you had to give something in return. Somehow. While I'm I didn't referring that, I was using that word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because you're probably coming from a good place, and I'm coming from we're animals. <laughs> I think that's we're coming from different anchors. That's what's up, right? Right. So right. I think I think I think yeah, because you're using the word exchange, it sounds it sounds you you're using the word exchange, and you're using that we are building. So it sounds good when put in that way, but it's. Uh, if I if I take something from someone uh, that is their property, there was no exchange, and only one became good. And I think by default that's what we do and are wired uh, to do. Um, I I can't see how that's not the case. Uh, we are born doing that. Then we have we need to have someone trying to revert that from us, uh, and uh, someone that's probably lived what. Uh, are the inefficiencies of stealing in society, <laughs> uh, right? You know, and the consequences. An, there's an interesting, you were talking about your daughter and you were talking about the, the onion before, <laughs> right? And, and, and I think yeah. I'm speaking to someone who's peeled back enough layers of the onion for this to make sense to, but we have these biological imperatives, right? I, I, we need to eat to survive, right? I need, I need resources. Yeah, but now I'm liking this, survive. this is it. Well, so, I mean, because this kind of comes to the crux of it, right? Are you more so your biological imperatives? Are they the, not more so, let's say, are they the things that have the greatest power to drive your behavior? And you could make a case that if that's the case, it's somewhat unconscious because you're just responding to these instincts and drives that emerge within you, not necessarily deciding what they should be. Or... That other element of you, right? The, the one that animates the meat vehicle, the one that is not all the conditioning that you referred to earlier, the, you know, the eternal awareness, let's say, to invoke a you know, term that sometimes use or, or to, to use a term yeah. that can't, that's not easy to define the thing. Are you more, <laughs> are you more the, the will of that thing? And does that thing, 
take precedence? Is that supreme over the meat vehicle? And is it the very cultivation and refinement of that thing that allows us to transcend the quote unquote corrupt nature that's built into the meat vehicle? I think, well, uh, I forgot the, I forgot the first, uh, you, you gave two, you, you gave like two sides uh, to compare to as to which side you follow, like uh, naturally. I think, I think by default, uh, we are always um, in a state of fear. Uh, that said, uh, we are always running away from something. Uh, and that said, I think we always follow more of the instinct than we do the um, the other version that you said, like morals or uh, the conditioning layer, right? Um, well. I think uh, just to just to clarify that the 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 antithesis to engaging the the meat ve vehicle instinct stuff is not the con not the conditioning layer although it's what I what basically what I'm saying let, let's use your daughter as the example right when she's more meat vehicle than she is conscious self-conscious awareness right when you're 2 years old you're like pretty much all instinct uh then you, perhaps that nature comes through more but as you live life and you learn and hopefully you're able to uh, access wisdom that leads to the refinement of your character then and and maybe even the it's the the game here is to the conditioning let me put it this way <laughs> the, con the conditioning that you give your daughter early on the demands like hey don't take you know joey's toy or, or cupcake or whatever that's a type of conditioning to try to get them to one, to instill a type of morality into them, but also to try to get them to conform to behavior that's socially accepted so that they can be uh, socialized and play and all that kind of stuff. But later in life, I think, and, and this happens on a, on a familial level and on a city and town and on a nation state, right? Like all this conditioning comes at you to make you conform to how people are supposed to behave in that certain environment. I think one of the roles one of the hallmarks perhaps of maturity and adulthood is recognizing to the extent possible, the conditioning that you've received during that period and making sure that you're conscious of it all so that you can either one do away with what you need to and, and replace it with your own determinations that are, that are predicated on and filtered through your own values, principles, morals, truths, all those sorts of things. And I guess the, the assertion I was making is that it's kind of, the thing that lies behind our identity of ourself and our conditioning, right? Like I, again, like I, I use this language a lot and people are probably tired of hearing it, but like, let's say something <laughs> like it, the eternal awareness that sits behind our idea of ourselves, right? The thing that, that notices our own behavior and our own thoughts, that thing I don't think is, is conditioning. And it's, I think you, you try to alleviate conditioning to access and to engage that thing more. And so I, the, the original question, I guess, was, is it not that very process of, broadly speaking, maturation of deconditioning such that you may engage a quote unquote higher aspect of yourself that allows us to transcend the inherently, let's say, competitive with a with a with a very easily turned into corrupt natural state of being of of the animalistic side of us and allows us to perhaps transcend the impulses to and the incentives to corruption. And like, I'm by no, mean, uh, by no means saying that 
most people in the world today do this. I think part of the problem we have is people are so uh, tied to yeah. their identity and so unaware of their conditioning that they give in to the, cor you know, the corrupt impulses that they have. And I think part of what's happening in Bitcoin land and part of what's happening with certain spiritual and other practices that try to pierce that veil is that very process is trying to say like, who am I absent the conditioning and what is the benefit of engaging that thing? And I think maybe part of the benefit is that we are able to be more conscious of the impulses that we have such that we, if, if we choose to, we can avoid corruption. Cause like I, you know, there's been examples in the past, right. Where people to this point about like, I'm going to do what's best for me and you're going to do what's best for you. Well, there's been people that said, look, take my life. I'm, I'm not doing X. I'm not, taking the food from that starving uh, woman, or I'm not going to pull the trigger on that person you want me to pull the trigger on. So you just take my life because I'm adhering to a value or principle beyond myself, beyond my best interest. And so there's a, there's an ability to transcend it. The question is, yeah. is what allows you to do that? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess you nailed it that, uh, it's when you, there's a time, uh, uh, if you decide to unpeel those layers, um, which is that journey, you know, for sure. That's why you have these conversations <laughs> to that level. <laughs> if you decide to unpeel those layers, you basically, you will get to the, to a point where you scrape, uh, percentually the bottom of it. But the question is. And the things you can create from there, when you scrape the bottom of it, the things you create from there are the things that really matter. But when you, when you see art that was created when an artist had scraped the center of the onion, that's the type of art that you feel, right? You, you, when, someone at, when someone that just experienced what it's like to get through those layers creates music. You feel what it's like. That's not fiat music, <laughs> right? <laughs> you understand where it came from. When someone writes coming from that place, you can read through that they are coming from that place, mm. right? When someone paints coming from that place, you can see that they've painted coming from that place. When someone speaks coming from that place, you feel they are coming from that place. But uh, it's also like, in my perspective, the more, the more, the more time I spend, Spend trying to make uh, trying is uh, I guess a bit forced. Um, I wish to spend my days on that layer, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when you you know that goes into psilocybin and things like this as well because it's really like a, a sudden unpeeling of the layers to give you a glimpse, like. <laughs> Yep. And then, and then, and then out of it, you can just continue that journey, uh, but you have to put the work in, <laughs> yeah. right? So, uh, but the more time you spend behind uh, looking into the layers, the more you become, in my perspective, mm, separated from what's around you this is my personal experience. So it's not even like, I was way more like, 
uh, with people and gatherings and things like this until I decided to unpeel the layers. But then every yeah. everyone becomes, uh, <laughs> and then you just want to find the people that has scraped through as well, right? Yeah. And those are very few, as it seems. So, I, I think they're they're more and more all the time. I mean, even before Bitcoin, you know, and I think there's so many things converging, right? Like the internet for transmitting information and help how that changes perspectives, and obviously the reemergence of psychedelics and you know rationalism and logic, and now Bitcoin. Like, there's minds are changing quickly, right? I, we can avoid using like a woo-woo term like awakening. We can just say consciousness is being updated seemingly at an accelerated pace right and, and <laughs> in a good way but you know your point about there's two things i i wanted to mention is one one of the things i've been exploring is okay you've peeled the onion to the core you know you felt the core you know maybe we can never fully understand it but you kind of you get a sense for what it is how do you determine action from from the core then because like when you're with the core it's almost like you're in perfect existence just by yeah. virtue of that. Yeah. And, but, but then when we come back into the domain of feeding and resources and all that kind of stuff and action, well, what kind of action does the core inspire? And one of the things that you said, which I agree, and I think what you were saying about music and literature and stuff like that, it's, you can, you can tell when something transcendent is being accessed and communicated, right? You, you feel it. Um, and I think part of the answer to like, what is right action? What is acting from the core is refining skills enough that you can kind of open the aperture for the transcendent that is maybe at your core to come through. Now, you know, that you could take a lifetime doing that through jujitsu, piano playing, visual art, whatever, right? Because like that, developing that talent to allow that essence to come through can take a long time. And, you know, perhaps given our length of time on earth, we only have time to develop a few of them, but like still the, the process of determining which among all the, you know, almost infinite options to pursue is almost like by happenstance, right? It's like, well, what, what kind of acumen or talent or skills did you pick up pre core onion realization, right? Pre like during your conditioning, what did you pick up? Oh, you know, like I learned, how to play the piano because, you know, my parents forced me to do it when I was younger. And now that I have seemingly accessed a, a deeper layer of myself, I can transmit that through the skill that I developed, you know, prior, almost by happenstance, you know? So, but I, I do think a lot about uh, that question of like, how, how does one determine right action? But the second thing I wanted to mention about what you said is my experience of like getting to the core of the onion has been the opposite. Like I feel a closeness with everyone instead of fewer people. I know what you mean, right? Like you can't have this. Yeah. 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 I, we can have this conversation because we've both been there. Right. And so we kind of, there's a, there's a mutual knowing that allows this yeah. to flow more easily, but I recognize in other people now that same essence that, that constitutes the core of myself. And that's, that's the, you know, during those peak experiences, that's the kind of connectedness that you often feel. And I think the reason for that is because ultimately at the core of all of us and perhaps all things is something is the same thing. And so now, even though like I might really disagree with people and, you know, be very much against everything they do, I, my faith or a part of my faith is at their core, 
they are no different whatsoever from me. You know, the, the window yeah. dressing is different, but behind and that that gives me a sense of connection rather a, rather than a sense of isolation. Yeah, there's three things here. There's like um, there's that sentence um, when you tell uh, a friend, a good friend of mine, the same guy that gave me the Tao Te Ching that completely put a 90 degree on <laughs> what I was doing at the time a few years ago. Uh, he said uh, the sentence, you seem to be one of those guys that has um, life uh, unfolding in front of you. And you kind of understand this sentence now. Like you, when you're starting to sink in with whatever is this system, it's, uh, you're no longer fighting it. It's just moving <laughs> in front of you, right? I know <laughs> this is the woo-woo stuff, but it's like, you know, it's whatever. It's, it's preaching in the choir. It's it's yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> it starts unfolding in front of you. You you, you yeah. feel like you're you're you're. It's like the moment. It's like the moment I stop chasing work for Hollywood film comes the email for Hollywood film, right? It, it's it's this type of thing, and you understand. Oh, this there's a there's a thing about this. You're finding a center somehow and everything is starting to gain a momentum around you and you're not putting effort into it besides putting effort on yourself really (laughs) right well said yeah that that, right uh the thing is and then there's the thing of uh when you uh, do the unpeeling of the onion i've seen two outcomes of it i've seen the outcome of you becoming better and the outcome of you becoming a worse version of yourself i've seen I would like to think that we here uh, had the good uh, <laughs> outcome, which is uh, we become more compassionate with, with other people. We uh, That's one of the top things. You become more compassionate with other people. You understand that they are not in control uh, of themselves for the most part. Uh, and But some people come out of this with the idea that now they know more about other people than those other people know about themselves. Mm. Right? <laughs> so this is this is two curious uh, uh, these are two appreciations I've seen by looking into people that scraped. You can go to a you can become like a Jim Carrey that's all of a sudden just went <laughs> full like <laughs> giving speeches about being egoless uh, right while, while winning an award and nobody is having a clue what he's talking about there. <laughs> Uh, or you can become the person that, oh, look at all these idiots. They can't see the truth, right? Mm. So um, on my side, I, I, I just feel like everything became uh, the same side of you. I became more, more passionate about people. The, can, the layers of conditioning start uh, t- uh, to come out. Um, I was very uncompassionate. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> it, it, it's, you got to be honest. Right. Uh, like, yeah, uh, sure. just, just, just a glimpse. So, you know why I probably see the world this way. Uh, I didn't have a father and my mom was in jail for five years when I was 16, full freedom. I can do whatever I want, <laughs> zero money, but full freedom, <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> or liberty. So I kind of, uh, 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 that layer of conditioning there where for five years I can sleep on uh, street benches at night and, uh, that stuff, uh, um, uh, that plays a lot into how I uh, see my reality, right? But 
but I understand that's a layer of conditioning that I had to kind of start unpeeling. Why am I like, uh, uh, why am I not compassionate to people? Why I don't care if someone is dying here or there? Why I don't feel connected to these uh, other people? And uh, mm. yeah, the unpeeling of the onion uh, and psilocybin and things like this completely kind of uh, even my wife we've been together for eight years she doesn't know me <laughs> like <laughs> in eight years was it was enough of a <laughs> of a full like divergence so yeah and bitcoin was a big part of that so to that i might this might spin back to the initial uh, <laughs> premise that we are all animals and by default we will take what is not ours uh, if the environment so uh suggests that is efficient for you to do so but uh, you can finding a finding enough truths uh, or anchors for people to uh, latch on to you gotta be careful with words when you kind of <laughs> go, go in spirit <laughs> <It's just> a... <laughs> uh, in English not even my first language so it's like I go for the bold words every time <laughs> So, yeah, uh, finding enough anchors, uh, pe people can uh, reorient for sure. I just don't know. I just never seen religion as such thing uh, because, you know, they fight amongst themselves. Um, yeah. So, uh, but you're very big into the history of religion. I have no knowledge there. All I see is religions fighting. Therefore, uh, it's just another uh, game but obviously there's individuals such as my mother that uh, don't go to the church or things like this, but they just use the message to guide themselves. Right. So there's that good outcome of it. Right. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot there, but just on the final point, I, I feel like in the modern era, I mean, there's never it, like civil, the story of civilization is having an answer having an approach at least to the question of what should be the orienting values or principles of the culture. Right. And that's broadly speaking, yeah. how I would maybe characterize religion. You go to Egypt, you go to Samaria, you go to Indus Valley, you go to uh, Mediterranean, you go to South, uh, South America, that's the core. So I'm not sure that given the type of animals that we are, I'm not sure we can do without that enterprise. And I think maybe it's the case that in the 20 and 21st century, you know, a confluence of factors have just come together to make us perhaps ride the coattails of the, that enter, the benefits of that enterprise that have come before us, but only identify the detriments of that enterprise that's come before us. So I think in certain ways, we're still benefiting from people being oriented by certain quote unquote religious values and principles, but our rationality and our logic and, and enlightenment thinking has led us to dismiss the enterprise entirely. So we're, it, it's kind of a hypocritical uh, period in, in history, perhaps, given that if you adopt that perspective. And, and my thinking currently is that I think I agree with the, the notion that we can't do without it. I'm not saying we can't do without fill in the blank uh, traditional religious faith. I mean, so many have developed in different places in different times to our point earlier about presuming that my values and principles should be imposed on you. 
I think it's somewhat absurd to say, <laughs> well, this one developed over here during this time should be imposed on this one over here and this time. Like, it, <laughs> you know, that, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. But what's interesting is I think a lot of them are founded on very similar principles and values and premises. And then the corrupt nature of, of people, the corrupt, the corruptibility of institutions uh, and other things have meant that those core messages have been co-opted for the, uh, the ends of certain individuals and certain institutions throughout time. And as a result, it's very easy to characterize them as being inherently corrupt. And maybe, maybe the institutional component is, right? But it, it brings, uh, it introduces the question, how do you communicate well, this is a very interesting question. How do you communicate knowledge, but more importantly, how to communicate the highest value and values without imposing things on other people? And, you know, enter from stage left, Bitcoin. What is Bitcoin but the ability to pristinely communicate value to other people absent like imposition of, of dogma, let's say? It's just a pure means of communicating because, you know, how we act is the greatest reflection of our values, right? The, the things that we were discussing before about like, well, what most orients you in the world? What, what, what most determines your, your action? If I don't give a shit about you and I don't value your life at all, <laughs> if, you, if, if someone says, hey, you know, shoot Higgs and I'll give you 20 bucks, I'll be like, cool, bang, I got 20 bucks. But if, if my values dictate that your life has value and tremendous value and maybe so much value that there's nothing that you could possibly offer me that would lead me to uh, taking your life in, you know, having your life come at the, yeah, having my life, my benefit come at the expense of your life. Well, that speaks to certain values. And when we act and when we spend money, because that's, that's basically action, right? I'm buying a coconut. I'm, yeah. I'm doing this and that. Then if we do so in a means uh, that preserves without introducing any other information uh, those values, then even though they're not explicit, of course, right? Like you, you can't interpret them for a, a, a semantic or an, an explicit value, but those values are being pushed out and permeated into the, the collective of people that are using the same value transmission rails, right? I.e. The, the Bitcoin network and Bitcoin. And I, this is why I think it's so interesting and perhaps so important that what's occurring here is very much an individual process of refinement. You said it earlier, like not to paint with too broad a brushstrokes, but there seems to be a pattern of individuals refining themselves and trying to get better, even if they define better in their own terms, which they should, right? And as a result of that, those more refined values get keep permeating out into the network through the means of communicating those values, which is the money. And I just feel like over time, that process will cause the emergence or the coalescence of the, like the highest values being most highly um, uh, held in, high, in highest regard and most rewarded by the market because it's it, like, it, it's, it's hunting for those values. And those values are, through each, every person's actions, they're making the case that they value them more than lower values. And so the market will over time, I think, identify that and yeah. reward it when, it when it sees it. And you play that forward long enough and you have this really interesting like symbiosis between the individual 
and the collective that they're a part of and the, 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 the uh, collaborative discovery of what the highest values are and how much, and, and that's what dictates behavior. So it's this, rather than what we have today in fiat land, which is a negative feedback loop, where like the, <laughs> the lowest values are increasingly rewarded, right? The more corrupt you can be, the more dishonest you can be, the more gain that you can, you can derive. I feel like that's gonna be flipped on its head. And now the, it, it's, it's gonna incentivize the refinement and the elevation and, re and reward higher and higher values and there was no, you know, no dogma attached, no imposition attached, nothing. That process is just happening naturally as a result of this introduction of a novel means of communicating value. And, you know, that, yeah. that's super interesting. And I also think that's why these conversations around religion and spirituality and, and that kind of stuff and individual development are popping up so much. And I recognize that like I'm part of the force that's making them pop up, but uh, because we, we're starting, it's starting to become more clear that that sort of a thing is happening. And we're also recognizing, this is a great example, and then I'll shut up and give it over to you. But we talked about the Bitcoin <laughs> uh, community before, right? And like how that's where we want to hang out, right? We don't want to really engage in clown world. And we want to hang out on Twitter and on podcasts and conferences. Clown world. <laughs> yeah, but but think about it. What what values are starting to emerge within that group of people that are elevated and rewarded? Honesty, being genuine, being sincere, providing real value, speaking truthfully. Like that's obvious that these things are are emerging in, as elevated values in that within that group of people. And so again, I mean, that puts puts pressure on everyone who wants to participate in that group of people in that collective and maybe even like increase their participation in it to develop those values within themselves so that they can actually express them truthfully rather than, you know, faking it. And of course the group, this group of people seems to be pretty good at uh, identifying people that are faking it, but just long winded way of saying like, there's this, there's this back and forth between uh, the refinement of, of what I would say are, some of the highest values and the discovery of them and our, our ongoing, that ongoing process, the communication and reward and rewarding of them. And that just ping ponging back and forth and back and forth every day incessantly. I feel like that's going to really help us. That, that, that's going to almost like the religious enterprise itself that we were referring to before that <laughs> exactly. civilization. But it's in, in a way that almost can't be corrupted by an intermediary institution because nobody is dictating it. It's just yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. And that's super fucking yeah, exciting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you fucked up the, you broke the game here now. Like you, you know, this is one of those cases. Like I, I was thinking sometimes like, shit, I, I, shit, I managed to like, you see, like psilocybin uh, puts you in the fractals game, right? You just zoom in and out of situations and scales and things like it's almost tiring to, to, to kind of, and I was like, fuck, like, uh, I was seeing the planet far away right here. And I can see a couple of stars and shit. And then I hear, 
hey Higgs, what's up? And then I look back, there's fucking Valis back there, fucking miles back. <laughs> and then Valis here's like, hey, uh, Valis, what's up? You look back, there's fucking Sailor at the very back. Like, and it's just sort of a fucking endless game, this shit. It's fucking crazy. Like, yeah, you gave me enough juice to kind of fucking uh yeah, you wrapped the whole thing. It, it puts but it, but it's like what you did in essentially is um you've looked inside yourself as much as you kind of looked into bitcoin <laughs> so like you came like uh, in uh, unison with the idea and and now it reflects back and forth essentially that's what it's doing so i don't think i've leveled the, the two things right and so there's a disconnect between uh well essentially i think i'm way more advanced into looking into myself than into bitcoin for as many hours as i've put into bitcoin um it's not leveled so i can't resonate uh the the two things and fractal it out years ahead through humanity like you are doing right but just the fact that you've exposed that shit like that <laughs> next time i pop 4g uh <laughs> that shit's gonna go like what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck yeah look that's um for sure no that that puts um that definitely puts a lot of um perspective into it and hope into it and uh it kind of collects why i look at all these bitcoiners and i see mm, well essentially like yeah I, i've changed myself gradually through learning uh bitcoin so it's um it's it's like your financial investment into bitcoin grows as you learn it but also yourself it's it's all like the, the three things so there's bitcoin there's the financial investment and there's the personal investment in the three of them so the learning the monetary the personal they all kind of pillar this together at the same time it sounds like a religion to me <laughs> and i but i i don't <laughs> i don't have um, any objection uh, into calling uh, calling my if someone tells me like yeah well sounds like it's your religion i don't i have zero objections uh I think I've accepted those terms, um, which is interesting considering who I was and anti-religion by actually uh, because of lack of knowledge and wisdom and things like that. And now I accept that I have found something that if people tell me it's my uh, religion, I say, yeah, for sure. It's 100%. <laughs> I, I mean, I have a picture of fucking Satoshi back there. I could point my camera there. Uh, like, yeah. it's fucking... So, you know, it, you just... Um, only you know how much something has given to you and uh people uh, are quick to judge right uh, so uh, without I, I walking the walk and checking for themselves how much it, something can change you right totally you know and religion has so much baggage right maybe maybe we end up uh doing away with that word but like if you if someone instead say might say to you like um well you, you seem to have found like an ultimate source of meaning or or you found like your your own search for the things of greatest meaning. You know, call that religion, right? And yeah. you you may, maybe you can find them in many places, as you were saying, right? And I, I yeah. think that's actually part of the 
part of the dynamic that's playing out here. And we can even go back to what we were saying about um, how do you determine right action, right? Let, let's say you have this like <clears throat> myst you know, mystical Godhead sort of experience and then you get shat back out into the normal world and it's like, ah, what the fuck do I do here? Um, <laughs> I, think, I think part of the phenomenon that's happening both in terms of Bitcoin resonating with people like you and I and many others, as well as determining the thing of the things of greatest meaning by which we should we can orient ourselves by and what we should actually do in terms of action and behavior in our life it might just be the case that like there's an attraction between these same principles when they're found in the greatest density let's say in different areas so if we had those those transcendent experiences and we come to realize uh like the extreme value of truth or freedom and liberty, liberation, right? Then when we see those, let's just use those two uh, as examples right now. When we see those two values or principles so, um, so intensely represented or so abundantly represented in other things, it's, we're going to identify it and be drawn to it because we've already recognized in ourselves that those are some of the most powerful, valuable principles to orient ourselves by. So I look at something like Bitcoin, and I mean, those two principles, truth and freedom, individual liberation, are Bitcoin permits those two things, or Bitcoin propagates one of those things and permits the other to a, a greater degree than anything that's ever come before it, as far as I can tell. And so naturally, if those two things are already elevated in your mind, you're gonna say, holy shit, this thing has a lot of those <laughs> things in it too. So I'm gonna, you're gonna develop, an attraction is gonna, ha is gonna happen almost absent your intention. And then about the point of like, how to determine right action. I mean, I don't have an answer to that obviously, but I think one of the <laughs> one of the guideposts that might be helpful is like in what areas do you see the truth being elevated do you hear honest speech do you see virtuous character uh do you experience the greatest joy do you feel the most free and liberated well wherever in your travels and and daily life you might find those things perhaps it makes a pretty good deal of sense to pursue those things like to if you don't even if you don't know what your quote-unquote purpose is supposed to be at least you know well those are the principles that i i feel are most valid to orient me by and which i've already ascribed value to in two other domains just for the sake of this example both myself and something like bitcoin okay well i'm just gonna if i find those things on the road i'm gonna lean into them and maybe that's the way you discover how to manifest right action from an identification of those highest values and principles internally. And then, as you were saying before, life kind of unfolds in front of you rather than having a, like a, a set yeah. determined objective off in yeah. the future and not really caring about what the road to get there is. Because of course the pitfall is maybe you get there and you're like, oh, this isn't what I expected at all. But if everywhere along the way, you're aligning with those things that you already hold in the highest regard, maybe you'll end up where you're supposed to, you know, in, in some sort of fatalistic way. Yeah. Like, but, but would you like, this is a little bit of a side, but does it, does it feel to you? Like it feels to me that uh, this, the new generation uh, is um, 
letting go of uh, tr like traditional religion uh, because this is very oh. like right it, yeah and what what's left what are the options left <laughs> for those for the jet for the is it science because it seems like it can't science is uh i mean science is politics today right <laughs> and we know clown world has literally uh it just feels like that's one of the problems for as much as uh religion had its own negatives as we like Uh, spoke and it can create conflict if people try to impose their ideas on other people it seems like it seems like if you run it seems like it is uh, an option that if it's missing off the table to a generation it it can lead individuals astray um, and I don't know what's there to uh, substitute it of, of course this is exactly why you feel morally right to ex expose people to bitcoin because it's a faceless and it's there for you when you need it. Uh, you can't change it. It changes you, all those things we know. But uh, what other options are there, considering that people do need that guiding star? That's the thing, right? Yeah. And I don't well, know I think... what's what's out there. If I didn't have Bitcoin, I was just keep doing my, th my, doing my thing, right? I was just... <laughs> there, there was no, like, locking in place. Thing, yeah. right? <laughs> well, I, I totally agree. And I, I've spoken to enough Bitcoiners at this point to that I can confidently <laughs> say like a lot of people felt incongruent with the world that they were confronting. Like, you know, because if, if all if the only option is clown world and you're not a clown, you're trying to be someone who's like <laughs> somewhat smart and sensible, then of course you're gonna be like, fuck this. I don't want to participate in this whatsoever. But now that you have uh, another <laughs> option that you can become and And it feels so good to be congruent with Bitcoin, right? Like it's so right and true. That's what's that's what's amazing about it. And I mean, like literal joy conjures up inside of me, knowing that that is a, a system and a and a group of people that I can that feels right to become congruent with, rather than feels icky and wrong, and that I'm contributing to something you know uh, false yeah. in in clown world. But to the point about like what's happening these days, I think. We, we just need to swap out religion because you say like, well, do you think religion is becoming less popular? Yes, of course. But do you think, do you think it's, even, do you think it's uh, less popular for people to have a, a, a highest source of meaning and orientation? No, I think it's inevitable. I don't think you can swap it out. So, and, and this is the, the, one of the points I make in the written piece I recently put out is like, you, it's fine. You can... You can do away with religion if you like, and more power to you because there's many reasons why you might do that. And you know, we've already discussed how they've been corrupted and and all that kind of stuff. But you got to recognize that there's a like something will take its place. It's its place. You don't. It's it doesn't seem possible to me to not have an orienting meaning. You may not be aware of it. It may be subconscious, and that's very dangerous, right? This is the conditioning we were talking about earlier, where. And this is why, you know, so many people in clown world get the zombie moniker because they're just walking around like, okay, you tell me to think this way, I'll think this way. And, yeah. and you know, so it's really important to be aware of it, but I, I just don't think you can't have an orienting meaning, like the highest source of meaning that orients you in the world. And so let's just say that like that enterprise is ongoing and we're, we're maybe we're entering the next stage of the evolution of that where 
because of this global culture, all the ones that were developed in disparate places throughout history, much wisdom as they do have, and we should try to retain it, but also not fit for, first of all, they've, maybe they've corrupted themselves too much, but also not fit for what is now like a global consciousness. And so right. in, in the enterprise of determining the, the most valid orienting meaning, what should it be? And I think that's largely been what we've been discussing in this conversation is like, we're, we're, we're trying to, in some ways we're being wrapped up in that. Like, as I was saying, like we're, we're just, sometimes it's unconscious how these highest principles that we may have discovered in one domain, when we see them represented in another domain, there's a natural attractiveness there. Um, but we, you know, of course, we still don't know. Like, so I think that's why it's so important just to participate in this process as humbly and genuinely as we can. And we'll see, like the, the truth will emerge over time. <laughs> if we try to impose the truth on ourselves or on other people, I think we wind up in, in the same bad place as we did before. And the final point on like you characterizing, you know, the young people today, let's say, as not being religious, I agree. But there is a, like a, a growing contingent within Bitcoin that seems to be adopting um, or readopting like Christianity. And I like, I can very much understand why. And again, like there is so much wisdom to be derived from that system of faith. But I mean, it's clear at this point to anybody listening that like, I think another approach may prove more fruitful long-term and like that's blasphemous in the extreme if you, if you are an adherent to, to that faith. And so I apologize to those people for whom that's true. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're at the we're at the very tip of the spear of time, right? We have all of history yeah. behind us, and we have all of the future ahead of us, and so many interesting things are happening and converging. Just like it seems like, well, find f determining the most valid values and principles to orient ourselves by. And determining where we derive the greatest meaning is just as an important an enterprise as it always has been. And I think yeah. as a result of that, it may be the case that this whole Bitcoin thing, like as you were saying before, you know, monetary, a new monetary standard for like a more peaceful, prosperous culture, absolutely. But it's starting to seem to me like maybe there's even a bigger revolution like in, around yeah. that. So yeah. we shall see. Yeah, I think I think where where you get uh, I'm always laughing because the the term clown world is just it's just so appropriate. It's just I can't. It gets <laughs> Have me you every not time. heard that before? Well, no, I do like it, but it's just it gets me every time. It's just the yeah, circus nineteen clown world. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's clown world uh, essentially looks like uh, the reflex of uh, the points we've just uh, spoken about. It, it seems the reflex of uh, a generation that has uh, nothing above them to look up to uh, and are at the same time uh, afraid and uh, are afraid and um, conditioned to not look inside. So it's a trap in the middle uh, mm -hmm. where you are forced, you are being uh, put in a position where you are forced to find an entity to look to uh, quick that can solve your problems today and when you do that you look up and there's a government <laughs> essentially uh, and that's how you get 
the outcome of the past uh, three years. Um, so yeah, I just hope you are right. I thought I hope, uh, but I, I can see I can see uh, I can see how Bitcoin changed a couple of my friends since I've introduced them uh, to Bitcoin uh, over the past few years. So uh, yeah, I totally. You gave me a lot of um, you've, you gave me a lot of juice here to uh, <laughs> to spiral into. It's crazy. Yeah, this well, was all, this is what, one final point just on what you just said is I, I think it seems to me to be the case that an aspect of that, like being lost in the middle is yeah. that I think it is the slippery slope of authority because I would characterize holding oneself to higher principles and values, like let's say truth and freedom. I would say, I think it's easy to characterize them as being your authorities because I'm going to subordinate myself to those principles because I'm going to act I'm going to use them to determine my action. They're going to act through me. So they are authoritative in that sense. I think the problem of not engaging that pro process consciously, as you were just saying, and, and, and being subject and uh, to subconscious conditioning is that authority absent, um, let's say un undue or undeserved authority. So not authority of the most valid, meaningful principles but authority determined by some other means, perhaps by power or force to, the, to what we were discussing at the beginning of this thing, assumes the mantle. Because we're, we're, we're already primed to subject ourselves to authority. But the danger there is, are you subjecting yourself to an authority that's actually going to lead you to a better experience of existence, i.e. the authorities of the highest principles? Or are you going to subject yourself to an authority that only seeks its benefit and its ends at the expense of yours and therefore not experience, uh, not have a better experience of existence. And I think that's part of what characterizes the world today is so many people have attached themselves and, and, and uh, submitted themselves to a false authority, an authority that actually leads to their destruction rather than their elevation, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. I mean, yeah, like I'm, I'm big into like learning, um, the consequences of parenting further in life uh and so yeah that 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 also has some reflexes in the difference between like authoritarian style parenting and non-authoritarian style parenting if you if you give if you raise your child with freedom he will continue to pull those walls outwards further that's exactly the experience I had. <laughs> I mean, I, I was I was forced into that experience because uh, my parents disappeared. <laughs> but but it's the continuation of that. The walls just keep going outwards, right? Mm. But if you put someone uh, under an authoritarian style parenting, um, where the walls are constantly around you. Uh, you will always look for the next person to place those same walls around you. And right. the closer they are, the better, because you know the sandpit uh, on where you can play. And weirdly enough, that becomes a safe place. <laughs> I guess that's the saying, right? It's, uh, the, uh, the walls that protect you will one day imprison you, right? Yeah. I mean, this, this <laughs> it's, the the eternal, it's the eternal you know, balance. You know, I'm a big Peterson <laughs> fan, but like this is kind of chaos and order, right? Like, 
the order of established culture is that there's grooves, there's certain paths within the maze that you know that you can use and, and be mm -hmm. safe in using and they can be they can be helpful. But if you don't continue to expand the culture or revivify it by yeah. introducing new roots, then it will it will stultify and decay and ultimately it will, it will uh, be detrimental to you. It'll lock you in. Right. So it's it. And, and, you know, this is kind of this is the function of the regenerative hero, like the Messiah character in different cultures is they are the one who's a, who's an embodiment of the principles that allow for the most optimal mediation between those two eternal forces The you know, chaos is dangerous, but also revivifying and order is helpful, but also potentially stultifying. And so you need something that a type of wisdom, a logos a principles that's going to help manage that those two forces optimally and you know you need this is what i've been digging into difficulty adjustment <laughs> yeah well, difficulty adjustment. very nice very nice <laughs> <laughs> essentially yeah that's the that's yeah that that's that's essentially the game it's um so now yeah in terms of uh moving on it's just me trying to keep my daughter always aware of the center of the onion that that's you know try to teach early uh, your kids the things you learned late in life right <laughs> right as well soon put, as you yeah. learn late you pass you, you pass it early i think uh, uh, save your sons on twitter uh, posted this quote and so uh, sometimes my wife thinks i'm a, a weirdo because i'm trying to uh, <laughs> put some principles on her she's two and a half she wouldn't even understand like <laughs> anything i'm trying to do here like essentially if she finds me meditating or some something like that uh, and i try to put her to meditate uh, she will open her eyes and laugh at me essentially what's happening here is she's laughing at me trying to become her <laughs> and it's yeah. fucked up it's a loop like so <laughs> Dude, it, it makes it makes me think of uh Someone posted a meme. You know how, like, I guess some people, uh, when a woman is pregnant, they'll they'll put like a classical music, like headphones on the belly, so like the baby is getting exposure to these sounds or something. And the meme was like the wife asking, like, "Did you put on Beethoven?" And like the dude is like, "Oh yeah, for sure." And it's it's one of Sailor's podcasts, like just being blasted into the the, the baby in the womb. <laughs> uh, uh, that's so good. Yeah, look, yeah. but actually a good idea. We're not looking around here, but, <laughs> but a good idea. I was listening to some spaces on a uh, on on Twitter and uh, some Bitcoiner. I I don't know if this is a thing amongst Bitcoiners, but one Bitcoiner was saying like he was his daughter was around like six years old, and he was trying to. You don't want to. You don't. You're not going to force your kids to do things they don't want to do. You don't want to force them to read things they don't identify or feel uh, like doing. But if you can suggest them and give them some sort of uh, incentive. And he was basically giving um, X amount of sats to every chapter uh, his daughter would read of like, you know, uh, the Bitcoin standard or something like this. And she was going on. She was going chapter after chapter, getting a few sats, get, you know, under, uh, understanding uh, something like uh, it's not uh, where I come from. People are not given any type of financial education as zero. There yeah. doesn't exist. You don't mm -hmm. talk finance or economics at the table. You just don't talk management of assets or none of that. So, uh, and and that's that said, put so, that's that's put so yeah. many people on the back foot these days because the financial system is so complex and requires your involvement that if you don't, if you're not savvy, you get fucked. 
And the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is like, all you need to know is how to custody your Bitcoin and you can totally tune out from the future, you know, the financial system that's coalescing around that. You know, you, you don't have yeah. to be an expert in any kind. You don't have to take extra risk. Just, you know, stack your sats. Ideally, you know, when you're six years old and getting it as, as an allowance and then, you know, your summer yeah. job and all that jazz. And that's, you're set. That's all you really need to know. Yeah, well, uh, he's already stacking without even knowing. I guess that's a, a classic amongst. I'm Bitcoin. so jealous. <laughs> I wish I could have been a six six year old, like being incentivized to read books uh, by stacking sats. I'd be so rich well, right now. Uh, well, it's uh, it's it's you know it's like podcasting to find out books, right? <laughs> yeah, true, true. Fair enough. Yeah, that's super. It's, I mean, same. It, it, that's all obviously incredible too. Um, this has been fun, man. Do you want to, I know you've done some uh, video work, I think in the space, I feel like you're, you'd probably be open to receiving more. So do you want to, you know, kind of shill your, your services uh, before we shut it down? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a shield them. <laughs> I uh, yeah I, I'm a motion designer. I do uh, CG art animation, um, and uh, yeah I I've I've learned early that uh, I don't know where this type of spirit came from. I just reach out to people. If I find a con if I find a way to reach out to people, I'll do just like I did with you. And I at some point I was like, fuck, Bitcoin uh, graphics are looking super fiat basically, <laughs> and I can't I can't I can't let I can't give this a pass. I can help. So uh, I reached out to Breedlove and he was the first guy to, uh, you know, gave me his hand and it, we, we went on to make a nice little video together. It was fun. Uh, I helped him build the little graphics on his uh, channel, which is one of my favorite channels to follow. Uh, but I hope to continue to help other people, documentaries, uh, ex explanation videos, uh, CG art, uh, Bitcoin related, uh, Twitter uh, uh, gifts, any type of thing where I obviously the more high end, the more I shine because that's I work for uh, film for the most part now. Um, so I feel Was it, would there be any yeah. films that we would have seen your work in? Well, well, um, uh, Swan Song was released uh, on Apple uh, TV just in December, I think. Uh, it's an uh, Apple original. Um, and it's uh, it's along the lines of the things Bitcoiners uh, <laughs> uh, kind of talk about in terms of uh, you becoming sick and you uh, passing your, you creating a version of yourself that is not sick, that continues on for you, like this living infinite, you know, forever type of things in the technologies and uh, Neuralink and these type of things. Right. So yeah, if you go on, on Apple TV, you don't need to pay for the thing. You do the three month uh what is it called? Like a subscription for free. You uh, put Swan Song. Uh, yeah. And do you watch it? Uh, I did lead design uh, for the CG graphics on that movie. And yeah, uh, especially uh, when it comes to Bitcoin, uh, I'm way more uh, interested in like things such as documentaries. Uh, documentaries always need uh, some something visual. People have a Bitcoin is very unvisual. <laughs> It's an idea for the most part, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. for most people. It, people cannot see, like uh, if you show the mem the first time you show mempool to a no coiner, it's when they really have, uh, they skip like uh, 30 steps they feel like, cause I felt the same. Mm -hmm. The moment you see the blocks actually there and they are moving, it puts a, oh shit, I see the blocks, right? It, it yeah. gives them this 
thing. And a Bitcoin needs a lot of uh, visuals to kind of put people, uh, to materialize these ideas, essentially. And so, yeah, I uh, documentaries especially, or short films and things like this, uh, I'd be very happy to help and create graphics to illustrate all these concepts and things like this. Yeah. Awesome. Well, man, thank you for the discussion. And I really enjoyed it. And I'm sure uh, it won't be the last. We'll have to stay in touch and, and hook up again some point in the future. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you're, uh, you're an awesome example in the community. I, uh, there's a reason I reached out and uh, it was awesome to be here. I have a lot of... Uh, <laughs> A lot of stuff to think about moving on. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate the kind words and uh, you take care. We'll talk again soon. We'll take care. Thank you. See you, brother. Thank you.